Gil Alexander, betting dork, Monday morning, start of the work week, of course, the betting week, a little bit of a quiet day baseball-wise, about nine ball games, not about exactly nine ball games, couple NBA games tonight, and of course, the rest of the sports world. Doing a doubleheader podcast today, my pleasure to welcome to the show the great Mr. Michael Hook, everybody. Mike, what's happening? No, Gil, you know, I'm pretty excited for today. In fact, I'm so excited that I'm actually sitting still while I talk to you. I've been, I've been patiently excited to do your show. I, I know I missed the boat last week, so thanks for giving me another opportunity. I know we were talking late last night about getting through the, uh, the velvet rope, so, so thanks for giving me another chance. Yeah, well, let, me, let me just uh, play on that reference that you just made, the velvet rope reference. What, what we're referring to there is the fact that Dan Beebe's blog, your wonderful podcast partner, Dan Beebe, and, and pregame pro extraordinaire, of course, he has a blog that is, am I correct in saying it's less a blog than it is sort of this late night, sort of nightclub speakeasy kind of thing where people just hang out all day and all night in? What's going on over there? You know, it's pretty fun because during the day, you know, Dan, he does a hell of a job as, as far as uh, trying to answer any and all questions. And, and he does a, uh, an extraordinary, I don't know how he does it because I personally couldn't do it, but he literally answers every question that's posed to him in detail uh, both for that day and, and for moving forward into the future. So uh, there's definitely a lot of teaching going on. So it's funny because once the games go final, win or lose, and hopefully more winners than losers, uh, it's really cool because uh, people know that that is kind of the place to be seen. And the best part is there's no cover charge. So you really just go in there, and uh, there's a lot of sharp minds that are posting late at night. And it's kind of like being you know, at the bar and just being able to hang out with your friends and say whatever you want and, and speak your piece. Dan Beebe, once again, props to the master pregame podcast extraordinaire that he is. You know, I, I got to interrupt you on your own show, Gil. I, I have to admit, when you came in last night, and for you know, all of uh, Gil's listeners, I have to admit, once I saw Gil's post, I actually had to go change clothes and kind of dress up a little bit nicer because that's just the feel that uh, Gil portrays. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I didn't know that. I didn't know I brought the uh, crowd level up. I had no idea. I thought I was just entering as one of the common men there, but now I know. <laughs> Dude, it is, I mean, it is, again, a testament, though, to the pregame forums. It is such a, a sharp group of folks, and at one point they do congregate in Dan's particular blog. And so for those who are, you know, wondering, hey, where is everybody at any point during the threads? of like, oh, it's kind of slow in here. They're in BB's blog, bottom line, just to <laughs> let you know. All right, so I want to do something, since you've already come off the uh, TISB show this morning, and you've gone through baseball games and basketball games with Dan, as, I'm, as I trust you do each and every morning, um, and know that you do each and every morning, thought we'd do something a little uh, additional here, which is we're coming off the NFL draft, we're coming off the first wave and the major wave of free agency in the NFL. So I wanted to sort of take, and I know it's May here, Mike, but I thought I'd spring on you a little... NFL futures talk, not only NFL, but if we could, some NCAA football. Are we still calling it NCAA football, or have we got a different uh, alphabet soup going on now with the letters? You know, as far as I know, you got it right the first time. So, you, you know, it's always changing. And I wouldn't be surprised if we actually had a, some sort of sponsor come in there and change it up even more. So, But yeah. for now, you're safe. All right, or FBS or whatever they're calling it the last couple of years. All right, uh, let's talk college first. Let's do that. Um, college football, again, what are we talking here? You know, four months away, June, July, August, September, end of August. Your thoughts looking at the college football futures board to win the BCS championship with 
the Alabama Crimson Tide being the chalk right now at plus 450. What are your initial thoughts on all that? Uh, plus 450, Alabama, you know, it, it's it's really hard to defend. And here's a situation where I, I know there's two things to me working against Alabama. Well, three things, actually. Number one, plus 450. It's hard, it's hard for me to, to find a lot of value in that wager. Uh, so right off the bat, there's, there's one negative there. Uh, the second is, you're going to, as the defending champions, you're going to get everyone's best shot literally every single game. So the fact that they could get tripped up uh, and the fact that they're in such a tough conference, which should be number three, uh, the SEC, they beat up on each other. And it's hard with you know, one injury uh, playing in such a tough conference uh, and a physical conference at that. Uh, it's just really hard for me to think that Alabama can run the table. And I know you could say, well, in the SEC, if you only have one loss, you probably will get back in that championship game. But uh, it's just hard for me to find value. It's kind of like taking Tiger Woods to win a tournament when he's plus 300. Right. Um, it's it just there's no value there. So I'm actually looking past Alabama. And uh, it's not to say they can't do it. I just think that all the odds are stacked against them. And there's a reason it's as hard as it is, though, to win back-to-back titles. By the way, speaking of Tiger Woods, uh, congratulations on nailing the Mickelson versus Woods props uh, this past weekend at the TPC as well as your uh, other golf plays. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's, uh, it's actually, um, I do my head-to-head matchups on the weekend, and I do my previews, in that, actually two weeks in a row, my, my previews and my players that I actually had hitting actually weren't that great. So luckily some of the head-to-head matchups, uh, you know, made things a little bit better. But Tim Clark, you know, $14 million won without a single win on the PGA Tour, and then he comes out and wins arguably the fifth hardest tournament there is. So he played well down the stretch. He made some of the putts that normally – uh, he struggles with, so so props to Tim Clark. Uh, looking down the college football board as well, though, you got uh, Ohio State at plus 500. The list goes on and on from there. The Gators are plus 1,000. Um, and when I say plus 1,000, of course, I'm talking 10 to 1 is basically uh, the conversion on that. Here's a team that I'm thinking you might see some value in just a hunch. Boise State at 12 to 1. What do you think? Ooh, I like Boise State at 12 to 1. I'm looking at Bodog actually right now, and I'm actually seeing 8 to 1. So, a huge difference there. Uh, the reason why I do like Boise State, I guess I'm that predictable, or, or you're just that smart, or I'm that stupid. I'm not sure which. Boise State's a team. I think that they're going to have uh, a good, and they're going to start the, the rankings, the preseason rankings. I see them anywhere from three to four. So they're starting high enough this year where if they run the table again, which I think they will, that I think that they're going to get into the title game. And for me, anytime I'm doing futures in college football, I'm looking for teams that are playing maybe their schedule, their toughest league opponents at home, and basically getting the automatic invites into the BCS. And I think Boise State, they have an easy enough path. At their odds, I think they will get to the title game. And I think they're a great wager, especially a 12-1, to because if they do get to the title game, then you have a hedge opportunity in that championship game. Okay, so along those lines then, and by the way, I'm getting my odds from sportsbook.com, both of us trying to get a public, or extremely square public book here. I Would TCU then also fall into that category at 15-1? to 1? How do you like them? Uh, you know, I'm actually not quite as high on TCU this year. I just think that Boise is so much better than them, and, and the Mountain West Conference, I think, is actually really legit. I mean, anyone that ever wants to argue conference rankings, I'm always going to be one that's uh, all over the Mountain West Conference. I'm very fond of them. Uh, I'm not quite as high on TCU as other people. Hmm. Okay. So what do you, as, as you scan the board, what uh, sticks out for you then? I like it. I got the, I got the Gil Alexander, hmm, so uh, already I might have already said the wrong thing. No, no. no, no <laughs> I'm just the, kidding. No, the, 
that's not at all the case. I'm just curious. I, it's more of a fascination. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. That's good enough. You know, fair enough is uh, one of the comments I like. And what I really wanted to say is uh, I thought you were going to come back with a, a rebuttal on TCU, but I'm glad that you ultimately decided not to fight me on this. So no, thank you, Gail. I would never fight you on this, Mike. Never. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a team that I'm really fond of uh, is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, I'm showing uh, 20 to 1. I'm interested to see. What are they at Sportsbook? Uh, 30 to 1. <laughs> I like it even more. That's probably the best news I've heard all morning long, actually. Uh, I'm very fond of Iowa, and if you think about it, how many times have we seen Ohio State in the championship game over the last five years? Well, the answer is quite a bit. And Iowa, they play in the same conference. You know, we all know about the, the Big Ten. I'm very fond of this Iowa team. They have great coaching. You bring back their entire defensive starting team, and the Big Ten has proven that they have been able to put their conference championship in the title games because they don't have a conference championship game. Now, here's the kicker for Iowa. Their toughest, toughest games that they play in the Big Ten Conference, they're all playing them at home. So automatically they got Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, all three of those teams they play at home. I'm, big, I'm a big fan of this Iowa team. I love their head coach. Again, they have a great defense. As long as they can replace uh, their, some of their offense, the line issues, which I know is it's definitely something they need to address. Wow, I think I may I may go right ahead and do that today because I you've you've convinced me in a span of one minute right there on Iowa and again at sportsbook.com, just the one I'm looking at right now. Iowa is at thirty to one. I like it. So we're gonna go with Iowa, or, or uh, is there something else also that's interesting? So yeah, Virginia Tech Hokies, you know they they do lose quite a bit of their defense. What are they at sportsbook? Fifteen to one. Boom, interesting. It makes me think that uh, I got to research Virginia Tech a little bit more because now I'm even more interested as to why uh, Sportsbook has a lower odds. So, again, I'm buying on Virginia Tech and Iowa as uh, decent value-sized uh, wagers moving forward. All right, Virginia Tech and Iowa. I like it. All right, NFL. Uh, again, since we're off the draft and the first wave of free agency and really the, the, the prime period of free agency in the National Football League. Why don't we skip the conference championships for now, or unless you want to touch on that, but since we're having a little uh, technical problem, we want to sort of truncate and get to the Super Bowl itself. But feel free to talk about um, conferences as well. Right now, in terms of the Super Bowl winning it all, the chalk is, as I scan, I'm looking, looks like the uh, Indianapolis Colts, if I'm not mistaken. At six to one at Sportsbook, are the big favorite, uh, followed closely at eight to one by your Mike Cook, your San Diego Chargers, and at nine to one the defending Super Bowl champion New Orleans Saints. What what grabs your attention? Mm, I, I kind of go down the list a little bit. Uh, I'm looking at some a team like the the Packers. Uh, I, I know I the Cowboys. Uh, I have to admit I was stabbing there a little bit because I, I thought of Cowboys. And, and that's truly what I do feel in my heart. But then I, I remembered very quickly that you're a Redskins guy. And, and, and even though we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, which is my fault to begin with, I could have sworn you were going to hang up on me immediately. I, when you said, when, when Dallas Cowboys came out of your mouth, it was, it was the equivalent of you, before you quickly went to the Redskins, it was the equivalent of you spitting on my program. That's, ex- that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Coming into the podcast and just desecrating the place. But I appreciate your... <laughs> Your quick uh, recovery, but you really, you really think you, you now you're now you're just saddening me though. But you really do think because I respect your opinion greatly, and for you to come and say that you really think Dallas is good value, I you know I might start to weep actually here. You really believe that though, huh? I, 
I really do. I really feel like the, the pressure is on them this year, and I think, I think that they've been knocking at the door enough. I, I just feel like it's going to be their year. There's something about Des Bryant. I, I really, I'm not a fan of this guy at all. I still think he's going to be a killer to the team in due time. But in his rookie year, I think he's going to be minding his business, and I think it really helps Dallas, uh, what the production he's going to bring. And, and I'm just a little bit afraid. I, I think that Dallas, uh, you know, you, you, if you go down the list, you know, you're talking about the Vikings. We, who knows what's going to happen there? I mean, do you do you even know what the situation is with Brett Favre? I mean, I don't think anybody does. No. Uh, I mean, you know, you'd have to expect that Favre magically shows up, you know, either at the beginning of the season or shortly thereafter if, if history dictates, right? But... Still, we don't know, right. you know. But um, Mike, we were we were such good friends go- until this moment. Uh, <laughs> we were good friends. I know. I, I'm I'm already regretting that. But uh, you know, I know you. I mean, with Donovan McNabb coming in, don't you think a team that finished the year four and twelve and they open the season at twenty five to one? Don't you think that uh, that lines uh, it's it's pretty low? Uh, it is pretty low. I mean, but again, since we're talking about to win it all. You know, you have to, even though there might be some value in that number, and it might be, that number might be tempting. Do I, re- I mean, in my heart of hearts, do I really think the Redskins can win at all, though, is really the question. And I'd love to sit here yeah. and tell you that I could, that I do think that. I think they're a right. playoff team. But until, um, yes, let's just go with you know, yes. I think they can do it, Mike. All of a sudden, I got all Redskinny on you. Yes. <laughs> they could do it. You know, the thing is, and I, I think that gives you hope, is the NFC. I could, I could actually lay claim to every team outside of the two teams I keep mentioning, Green Bay and Dallas, there's significant questions uh, about every other NFC team that uh, has, is any good. And, and I think that's why uh, I, I keep going back to those first two teams. So, uh, you know what, I'm going to wear a Redskins jersey on the first, uh, first preseason game, and I'm going to take a picture of it, and I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Please do. I'll be honest with you. The part that, you know, would just – here's what bothers me about the Redskins. They still, and this has been going on for six years, have not addressed the receiver question. You know, poor Donovan McNabb, now what has plagued him his entire career besides one year of T.O., right, and, and last year with – and in these last year or two with Deshaun Jackson – here he is now coming to a team where, again, there's no receivers. You know, so, and then, I, I, you know, I really do have a question. I, I know that uh, the Redskins have assembled the best, you know, 2006 fantasy football backfield in Larry Johnson, Clinton Portis, and Willie Parker. But the question is, do any of those guys have anything in the tank coming up this year? And I honestly don't know that any of them do. So, you know, that's a huge question mark. Defensively, they'll be solid. They always are. But we'll see. So I don't know. Um, yeah, and you're right. You know, you're talking about that offense, and I happen to agree. You know, without any uh, downfield press, you know, the fact is that there's going to be a lot of uh, going to be hard to find some running room uh, for those three what I consider to be washed up running backs. Well, but I like your thoughts. I, I like the the notion that it's a weaker conference, though, as you say. So I, I like to hear that anyway. It gives gives me some hope. Please give me another team besides Dallas, just so I can just so I can live my day to day. I'm definitely fond of the Baltimore Ravens. I'm seeing sixteen to one. Again, I'm throwing back to you. Uh, what are you seeing over there on Sportsbook? Uh, at Sportsbook, Ravens are at, this is to win it all now, at 15-1. to 1. Okay, great. So we get, I, I see 16-1, you see 15-1. to 1. Again, kind of like the Virginia Tech situation. Uh, I'm definitely buying the AFC. I, I truly believe the Ravens are going to come out of the AFC. So it looks like we have a Ravens-Redskins Super Bowl. So it should be the first one to six wins the game. <laughs> Ravens-Redskins, a Beltway Super Bowl. Yes, that would be sweet. <laughs> 
Phenomenal. You see how I turned that around and it made it look good for you. That's not, am I back in the good graces of you? Yeah, yeah, you're you're in. You're back. We're good. Uh, but you know, we just just to you know, my biases aside, just to review college football. Iowa and Virginia Tech are your two very interesting picks. And in pro football, you do like the Ravens uh, in the AFC as a value play, and you uh, you do like the dark devils team that is the dallas cowboys all right fair enough mike fair enough well done (laughs) mike if we weren't having such technical difficulties we would go on and on here but we are really plagued this morning so uh we're good to get those nuggets out of you and i think what we should probably do is not fight the technical gods here the rest of the way and go with those nuggets iowa and virginia tech dallas and baltimore in the nfl I thank you, sir, for doing double duty on the show today, dude. And uh, just uh, for those who weren't able to, uh, and I'm sure there's nobody out there who this falls into this category, but just in case one or two slipped through the cracks this morning that didn't get to hear your show with Dan on Today in Sports Betting, your thoughts real quick on the basketball games tonight are? You know, I'm, uh, I'm leaning strongly to both home teams. Uh, team People think that the, the Hawks are absolutely done, and I do think they're done. But if they're ever going to show up in a game, Tonight's the night, and here's why. If they get swept and they don't show up tonight, they're not only going to lose their desire, and Joe Johnson is costing himself millions of dollars as we speak by his poor performance. So a team that is all about themselves, and they totally are me-first basketball players, which is a tragedy. If there's ever a game that they're going to show up, tonight's the night. And uh, uh, I absolutely like the Atlanta Hawks plus size. I'm seeing seven right now. I actually like both home teams tonight. All right. So Hawks and Jazz. I, you know what? That's an interesting, uh, interesting psychology on the Hawks. You're right. If ever, if ever there was a game that the most selfish me first team would perform in, this would be it. By that theory, that's interesting. Standing by those picks, and uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, since uh, I'm causing so much troubles with the technical difficulties and throwing up the Dallas Cowboys, that we can get both of those winners. Yeah, I may not recover from the Cowboys thing. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna walk around the rest of the day in a funk. I'm serious. That's how much respect I have for your opinion. I'm like, really? He had to come in and say Cowboys. Great, wonderful. <laughs> and and baseball, do we have a uh, do we have a Mike Hook lean of any sort that you can offer up real quick? As far as an actual uh, other lean, um, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna go ahead and take the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. I just have a feeling uh, this team at home. I'm not sold completely on uh, on Billingsley. Uh, sorry, is it Billingsley or Kershaw going today? Uh, it's Billingsley. That's what I thought. I was just uh, double-checking that. You know, I, I really like Arizona. I think that here's an offense that's uh, really good. And, you know, I'm talking to uh, a sabermetrics guy, but uh, Rodrigo Lopez, there's, there's a reason why I like this guy. I think he's a little bit underrated. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I agree with you about Lopez. I mean, Lopez actually, you know, he two starts ago, he really created his own problems by committing a terrible error in the infield on a pop fly where he got in the way instead of a pitcher doing what a pitcher's supposed to and just getting out of the way and letting the ball be fielded. And, of course, when that happens, you know, the floodgates open. Chicago ends up hitting a three-run shot. Soriano hits a three-run shot that inning. He ends up getting crushed. All unearned runs against the Cubs, so it makes him look worse than he actually was. Uh, last start, again, he looks very good. Lopez has had some really, really good outings this year. Um, the only thing that... And I'm not going against you here, but I am staying off the game. And the only reason that I am that I decided to stay off the game is that the Arizona bullpen is <laughs> so bad. 
um, you know, just in these uh, in these last uh, 14 innings that they've pitched, and I think that's over the course of the last few games, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they've given up seven earned runs again, and they've been plagued by this bullpen all season long. And so, in a game like this, um, where that sort of that part of it evened it out enough for me, where I just decided, you know what, I'm not really getting a whole bunch of return on the Dimex. I mean, it's very it's not like it's a huge dog situation. I mean, when I saw it last night, Arizona was like at plus 110. Not sure what it is right at the moment. Um, but I just decided it wasn't, for me, the best play on the board. I thought about it long and hard, though, but that bullpen kept me away. Yeah, and, and you know what? You're exactly right. I mean, uh, I actually see that that line's actually come down a little bit despite Dodger money coming in. So to me, that was another reason why I was looking to Arizona because in reality – uh, this is a team that uh, you know was just swept by Milwaukee, and they lost. They lost the last two games by a combined 19 runs. So for this line to be moving in Arizona's favor, uh, to me is a strong, strong. And uh, you know I do like Rodriguez a little bit, but I guarantee you, you're, you're you're spot on talking about that Arizona bullpen. And in, in a total this high, you know that runs are going to be scored. So the, that alone, uh, with a tired Arizona bullpen. You could be right. It'd be an interesting game. I think the first one to twenty wins. Okay, but the other one you liked, and we had a little uh, issue there on the on the audio. But you did say the Chicago Cubs was the other one you were getting into today. Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty fond of Ted Lilly. I've been able to spend some time with the guy in the past, and uh, he's a guy that uh, it, there's no one more frustrated than himself uh, with his past couple starts. And, and two starts ago, I know the wind was really blowing out. I think that was a total of a uh, twelve and a half or something pretty high in Chicago, and. He did pitch terribly uh, at Pittsburgh in his last start, and I think he's going to have a big bounce back today. And um, I think he's going to really frustrate those Florida batters. Did you just tr- did you just drop a I spent some time with Ted Lilly on us, and then quickly move away from that comment? That's exactly right. So you got good ears. So, what? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, good. Uh, one thing about playing golf is that uh, definitely got to meet pretty cool people, and uh, that's one guy that I can tell you right now. He's a class act. He's one of the good guys in the sport, so it's hard not to root for him. Here's what I want to know, though. Are you, and let's be honest, let's not, don't let modesty get in the way, are you a better golfer than Ted Lilly, Mike? Uh, I am 100% convinced that I'm not only, that I'm definitely a better golfer than Ted Lilly, but I'm not quite on par with yours truly. <laughs> yeah, right. You, let me tell you something, dude. It will take you one one viewing of my my golf swing, and you'll be like, "Yeah, okay, buddy." <laughs> yeah. Perhaps breaking a hundred is a good goal for you, young man. All right, dude. Well, Mike, I appreciate it. Again, next time we'll do it under uh, better technical circumstances, but nonetheless, even through it all, some excellent insight uh, with the NFL, with college football, and again with today's betting board. Appreciate it, dude. And um, my my cook. Wow, you, you, dude, you're like Forrest Gump. I could throw out pretty much any name, and you're like, yeah, well, you know, when I hung out with Connie Mack or whomever, I throw out <laughs> the great Mike Hook, everybody. Mike, thanks for being on the show today, my friend. You got it.